Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mormonish. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Landon. And we have another fabulous podcast about, I bet you can't guess the topic. What do you think the topic is, Landon? Um, <laughs> oh. Psychics? <laughs> <laughs> He's using his psychic powers. I actually have a crystal ball here on my table, left over from Halloween, and, and also a presentation about uh, Joseph Smith and the early magical view of Mormonism. So, yes, that's exactly what we're talking about today. And, of course, in relation to Operation Underground Railroad, I need to apologize to everybody on our previous podcast about this topic. I kept calling it our Underground Railroad. It was late. I got a note taped to my computer, Operation Underground Railroad. <laughs> I'm going to try to do it right. Oh, my goodness. So the twists and turns of this story are absolutely incredible. Um, I think most people have probably heard about what's going on. And every single day, it seems like there's something new that's coming out, doesn't it, Landon? Yeah, Vice uh, is putting out an article every day. And every day, it just gets weirder and weirder. And today is probably <laughs> the... the pinnacle of craziness <laughs> that we're oh, going to talk as about. You no, as soon as you say the word pinnacle of craziness, uh, something else is going to happen. So so we are going to talk about the Vice article that came out just yesterday um, about Operation Underground Railroad's use of psychic intel to run their their operations. And after the Vice article, which came out in the afternoon yesterday, there was another tidbit of information. Uh, Tim Ballard himself put out a video standing in front of was it the Lincoln's house where he was working on the Emancipation Proclamation. Tim himself is wearing a shirt with Lincoln on it. And he gives sort of an impassioned plea um, saying that he will never stop fighting. He's being lied about. Um, two things he says of interest. He says, my church would not put out a statement because, of course, within the original Vice article, there was this seemingly uh, put out statement by the LDS church, um, Doug Anderson, a PR person that, that kind of condemned Tim Ballard. And of course, Tim Ballard was saying, nope, not my church. Um, he said, my church doesn't put out statements like this and my church isn't political. So to me, this is a really smart move because it means now the church um, who has said nothing silence since that article will have to come out and say yes we are political and yes we did put out the statement they're not going to do that i doubt it most of us think probably the only thing they can do is throw doug anderson the lower level pr person under the bus and say he was rogue we'll see that's probably going to happen later today and we'll have to do another podcast tomorrow in the meantime we're going to talk about this article from vice let's go to our first slide that let us know something very surprising about operation underground railroads, um, how they work, how they gather their intel, all kinds of things about Operation Underground Railroad. And and it was pretty surprising to everybody. Just when we thought, uh, like Landon said, it couldn't get any weirder, um, it got a little weirder. <laughs> so our first slide says, for those of you that are listening and not watching, Nephi is running the show and there's a picture of a psychic and a crystal ball with Nephi inside of it. And that is exactly what we're going to talk about today. A psychic named, we can go to our next slide, Janet Rosan apparently works extraordinarily closely with Operation Underground Railroad. And this is where they get most of their information on which they base most of their activities. So it's going to go into it as we read the article, but very quickly, I'll just read some of the personal details from her bio here. It says, born and raised in Connecticut, Janet is proud to call herself a Yankee. She has attended um, Pine Manor College in Boston, Richmond College in London, and Brigham Young University in Utah, and holds a humanities degree 
like me. I hold a humanities degree. How interesting. Did, did you Janet have the and, psychic courses at BYU? Do they have psychic I, courses at BYU? <laughs> you know, I missed that. Um, I completely missed that, which I'm sad because I would have liked that. I Maybe think. it's yeah, an so institute, we, prophetic manifestations or something like that. I, I, I'm not kind sure of get... <laughs> I don't know. I'd be surprised if Brigham Young offered anything that kind of went down that path, but we'll see as we read more. Um, so she does have a humanities degree. Janet and her husband, Richard Rusan, have nine children together, seven of whom are adopted. Oh, that's interesting. She enjoys reading, um, uh, flexing her foreign language skills. That's awesome. And traveling with her family in her spare time. Janet loves all sorts of physical activities, including, um, let's see, figure skating, hiking, skiing, and tennis. So she, she sounds like a pretty incredible person. But in this situation, her incredible talents are expanded past what we just heard into the otherworldly realm. So let's go forward to our next slide. All right. So the name of the article is, Landon, why don't you read that? And again, this appeared yesterday in Vice, which is doing kind of a continuing series about Operation Underground Railroad. Yeah, it's uh, Operation Underground Railroad Child Rescue Missions were based on psychic intelligence. Uh, is the name of the article. Um, wow. Yeah, do you want and me to read that? And the subtitle says, Janet Rusan, a psychic medium for Utah, was a central source of intelligence, or OUR, leading to at least one failed mission and no evident rescues of missing children. So this is what we're going to cover today, and we will just dive right in. Landon, do you want to take the first paragraph or so? Yeah, and I think uh, this paragraph is, or this picture on the slide actually shows uh, a picture of her on an actual mission, uh, and yeah. they're all, it looks like they just have her in the back seat driving her around wherever she <laughs> says to go to, but... Uh, Yes. Yeah, so, I think we'll find out. Uh, it was a tense day in February 2016 for Tim Ballard and operatives working for Operation Underground Railroad, the anti-human trafficking group he founded. They were on what would prove to be a bumbling and ineffective mission to save a trafficked child Ballard believed was being held in a village on the border of Haiti and the Dominican Republic. This wasn't just any mission, however. The child they were searching for was Gardy Marty, a missing Haitian boy whose abduction Ballard has portrayed as the case that led to has led us to found OUR. Joining him and his team of elite operatives was Janet Rusan. I hope I'm saying that right. No, uh, we don't know. Sorry. <laughs> a psychic medium from Utah whose supposed visions were guiding the mission. According to documents from a now closed criminal criminal investigation into Ballard and OUR obtained by Vice News through a public records request, video shot by a crew hired by OUR, captured Roussan talking with Gardy's father, uh, Gwesno Marty. In the conversation, Roussan seemed to credit herself with locating Gardy. She assured him that his son was nearby and that without her visions, he never would have been found. No way you would have found this place. No way, she proclaimed, according to a transcript of the conversation written by a criminal investigator working on a joint investigation between the FBI and the Davis County Attorney's Office. Where's nobody, Ballard said during the conversation. He's here. We're going to get him. In fact, Gardy was found that day. Gardy was not found that day or any day since. There is no evidence to suggest that he was ever in the village where Roussan's visions led OUR and his hopeful father. 
Dave Lopez, a former head of OUR's op team who oversaw the organization's work in Haiti, told an FBI special agent and a Davis County investigator in October 2020 that Roussan's visions were the only form of intelligence they were using to locate Gardy. As far as he knew, he said OUR had no intelligence even suggesting Gardy was alive apart from what was provided by Roussan. This was Ballard's most guarded secret, Lopez told the FBI. Yep, let's go to the next slide. That's a key point that I think we want to talk about. Now, a lot of people have heard of Operation Underground Railroad. They've heard of the work they do. They go into countries and they're trying to protect and rescue the vulnerable and exploited children. And I think when you hear about an organization organization like this, you assume Landon, at least I did, I don't know, they've got informants, they've got intel, they've got maybe they're working hand in hand with some kind of governments of countries. And I'm sure they probably are doing all that, but it sounds like their main intel, as it says on our slide here, um, Roussan's visions were the only form of intelligence that they were using in this case to locate Gardy. What do you think about that? It seems incredible that they're actually taking, and from these, from the pictures, it looks like there's a whole crew there. So five, six, seven people are flying right. to Haiti to conduct a mission to find somebody that they don't even know if that person's alive. They've been missing for years. And they're driving around the countryside, uh, you know, like she's a GPS system. Turn right to turn left, uh, trying to it's find this guy. <laughs> and that's all they've got. And meanwhile, they're on the phone with with the the poor boy's father, giving him hope that oh, we we know where he's at. Yeah. We've located it. To give somebody hope like that, uh, who's missing a child, it is off of a psychic. Uh, it, that it just that's criminal you can see why there might yeah. be a criminal investigation uh no and i will say that i do believe in intuition i've had experiences in my own life where intuition has played into things or maybe sometimes just dumb luck so i'm not ruling out all of that however um i think to allow all of the people in your organization to believe that there are probably a little more information through proper channels on which to base these million, we're talking these are million dollar operations. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of resources, money and time and people into this. And from my sources behind the scenes, I've heard that there are multiple people many times in these meetings with Janet, um, where she kind of goes into a trance and her eyes roll back in her head and she, you know, talks about the missing children and the information, the locations. I see it by a fork in a river. I see a tree. I see this. So we're not just talking about Tim Ballard himself um, basing things on this. I think there's a many people in, you know, the upper level of the organization actually believe this. And I think that you will see some podcasts coming out in the coming days um, from other podcasters where they may be able to even talk to some people that have left the organization. And uh and have much more uh, intimate knowledge of what is happening here. But extremely interesting that this is this is the basis of uh, at least the Guardi Marty, completely based, the only intel on this particular operation. So, all right, let's continue reading. Um, Ballard's, this is Tim Ballard's, Ballard's Secret has been out for two years now. XOUR operators or people sent on paramilitary missions with the organization in foreign countries told Vice News in 2021 that Roussan's supposed psychic abilities were heavily relied on by Ballard and OUR to plan and carry out missions. 
Now through the investigative files revealed for the first time, the level of influence Ruthon had within the organization, how much she was paid for her services and how little intelligence there was to back up some of the missions conducted beyond her word, that of a Utah psychic who claimed to be able to communicate with the prophet Nephi, a figure from the Book of Mormon who has been dead for thousands of years. So she's not just receiving you know, psychic intel, she is actually talking to Nephi, who anyone who's LDS and in this organization is going to recognize, you know, as a pivotal, you know, founding prophet of the Book of Mormon, um, somebody that can be trusted. So it's actually Nephi who is giving her information on how to reach and rescue these vulnerable children. <laughs> what do you think about that, Landon? Well, I, I I guess I have to say she they evidently weren't listening last conference because we no longer rely on dead prophets. We should be relying on live prophets, and that's probably why they couldn't find Marty. Maybe they should have been going to President Nelson for the oh. information. That that might have helped them. Uh, and again, yeah, we we hope and pray that someday um, Guardy Marty will be rescued because it's a horrific situation to even think about. But but the idea that all these operations have been happening behind the scenes uh, based on the words of Nephi leading us today, um, it's it's almost hard to wrap your brain around. Like you said, Landon, it can't get any weirder. Um, <laughs> so OUR provided a statement about Rusan's work that is reprinted in full below in the article. And again, I encourage everyone to find this article. It's on Vice. You can read it in your entirety and make your make your own call on this. Um, Tim Ballard did not respond to a request for comment. In a brief phone call, Rusan declined to comment when asked about each claim made in the story, telling a reporter, we just won't have a conversation. Thank you so much for the call. So very politely said no. Um, she previously had told Vice News that she had signed an NDA. I'm not surprised about that, and wasn't able to answer questions about O-U-R. I'm sure that is true. Do you want to read the next paragraph then, Landon, and go to that next slide? Oh, yes, uh, I would absolutely. Um, <laughs> an investigator wrote in the documents that they had learned that Roussan was being paid a monthly consultant fee of approximately $5,000 with an hourly operational readings contract of approximately $1,560 by OUR, and that the group relied on her visions to do operational planning for missions. So wow. $5,000 a month she's getting paid, plus every time she does a reading, she gets an additional $1,500. Yep. Wow, mind blowing. <laughs> and and I have to say, you know, uh, I, I you know, I, I can't make any uh, uh, you know, there's nothing in the document stating this, but when you have a beautiful woman on your payroll at five thousand dollars a month to give psychic readings, you have to wonder <laughs> if, if that I know it tells me it tells me absolutely that um that they took it seriously. I mean, they're compensating her very well for her intel. And it tells me that they believe in that process. They do believe that she's talking to Nephi and they do believe um, that she can give them information that can help them rescue the children. And she's a pivotal player here in their organization. And not only just Tim, but many people um, at the top in upper leadership at Operation Underground Railroad believe in her because this is the kind of salary 
that she's pulling down. Again, I'm saying I wish they would have had that course at BYU in my humanities program. Maybe I too could be making ah, that kind of money. That is just crazy. So, all right, um, let's go on as we talk about these details of how it actually works. Um, nor were mission planning or psychic visions the end of Rusan's association with OUR or other entities in the child rescue space. Subsequently, she was named as the executive director of Children Need Families, a for-profit company started by Ballard's wife, Catherine, which said it provides grants to families seeking to adopt children. At another point, um, while she served on the board of directors of another organization, she identified herself as OUR's director of strategic alliances a description which did not mention her purported psychic abilities. Let's take it back one slide to the psychic picture as we talk about Janet. Yes, she, she did not mention, there we go, her purported psychic abilities. The organization Rod's Heroes, which promotes adoption for children with special needs, did not respond to requests for a comment from Vice News. So she definitely was involved in other areas of OUR, um, the adoption process, trying to find homes for vulnerable children. She was a trusted and key player is kind of how I take it. Um, Janet Rusan worked as a full-time executive director for the Children Need, Children's Need Families Program for the last two years with a starting salary of 122,000 per year and a final salary of 125,000 per year. She left OUR shortly after Mr. Ballard's departure, because as we all remember, a few months ago during the summer when his movie, The Sound of Freedom was blowing up the box office, um, he departed from OUR and it sounds like she left uh, very closely, close to that time. None of her work with CN, go ahead. Does that seem a little suspicious to you? I, I mean, has anyone investigated oh. whether those, there was any uh, relationship there uh, where someone's getting paid oh. that much and then uh, they both leave at the same time? Yeah. I think maybe maybe Janet saw the writing on the wall after Tim had to leave, or perhaps Tim was her absolute champion in the organization, you know, and after he left, maybe she didn't have as much support as she had before. I think those are things that Vice will probably look into for sure, but it looks like they both left right about the same time. Um, for any questions about her alleged psychic abilities, services rendered to Mr. Ballard, or payments for those services, please ask Ms. Ruzan or Mr. Ballard. So it sounds like Vice then is not exactly what you said. I'm going to go into any more details, except for that we know her psychic abilities led the missions while Tim was still involved with the organization. It, it, it's interesting that uh, that OUR says, hey, ask uh, ask Ms. Roussan or Mr. Ballard uh, yep. any of these questions. But then they say, oh, we have an NDA agreement. Well, has OUR released yeah. that NDA agreement then? Uh, because... Uh, OUR is saying they can talk, evidently, if they're saying go ask them. Uh, that'd be yeah, I'm saying, I think they're saying it's out of our hands. You know, you're going to have to go deal with them, and you will probably hear that they both have NDAs, probably. So, although Tim does seem to like videos, so maybe he'll weigh in a little more, a <laughs> little bit more on this. Who knows? Um, Ballard left OUR this summer following an internal in investigation into sexual misconduct allegations made against him. Um, three weeks later, he left the Nazarene Fund a sister organization to OUR founded by conservative commentator Glenn Beck. So yes, Glenn Beck has his fingerprints all over this too, although everybody is putting out statements and then retracting statements. It's just this whole, you know, hodgepodge of who's connected to who, who's trying to protect themselves politically, you know, how is the church involved? There's just a lot of players and a lot of jockeying that we're seeing. 
Um, let's see. The Nazarene Fund told Vice News in a statement, there was no, there were no concerns or suspicions of wrongdoing by Tim Ballard regarding his work at the Nazarene Fund. OUR under Ballard stressed its sophisticated intelligence gathering <laughs> and military style raid and rescue tactics. And that's again what I'm saying. I think a lot of us assumed and a lot of the documentaries and videos provided, it really looked like they were, you know, top-notch, top-level intelligence. You know, they were getting into these countries through these channels. They worked with a lot of people that were former military. They worked with, it sounded like government liaisons. I'm not saying that might not also have been happening, but as the one statement said before, the top level of intelligence was coming from a psychic and coming from Book of Mormon prophet Nephi. And some may find that more comforting than the other avenues that I mentioned. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think Revelation is a sophisticated intelligence gathering. Uh, think how many things the bishop has learned. Yeah. You know, that's how we find our keys and everything is through that sophisticated. Well, and that's what I question. Yeah, <laughs> is how would any how would any of these prophets have time to help for these very serious things when they spend most of their time, as we know, finding lost keys? Which <laughs> I admit, when I was a TBM, I've asked for help because I do lose my keys a lot. Now I have one of those little things on it that, you know, you can look up on your phone. You're like, oh, your keys are literally in your purse. You know, <laughs> you just can't find them because of everything else that's in your purse, like your crystal ball. So uh, anyway, all right. Um, as Vice News previously reported, Utah County Attorney Troy Rawlings, who opened the investigation into OUR, wrote in an email. And this, I think, is the key thing. Donors, because Operation Underground Railroad has incredible support worldwide. Many people in the LDS Church are donors to OUR and supporters. Um, I live in Utah, Utah County. I hear about OUR all the time. I personally know people that are supporters and donors. Um, it's a very big thing in the LDS Church. Donors are not made aware that Nephi via Rusan is the key piece of OUR operation intelligence. Rawling wrote that email to the U Utah Attorney General Sean Reyes as OUR and OUR ally, ally who had previously gone on missions with the group. Now you have some questions about that kind of, don't you Landon? Even that prior investigation, which was done looking into fraud, looking into things like this with OUR, trying to find information they found that donors were not aware where the intel was coming from. It was sent to Sean Reyes. And then what happened to the investigation? It says no no charges were pressed on the investigation. So I, I, I'm a little confused because they opened the investigation because they said, uh, you know, we think there's fraud going on here, that these guys are getting donations, you know, saying that they're using sophisticated intelligence uh, to conduct these, these raids. And in fact, they're using a psychic medium. And then when they research it, they end up with 10,000 pages of psychic readings, which I can imagine at $1,500 per uh, reading that uh, you'd want to do a lot of readings, uh, yes. <laughs> that uh, they come up with 10,000 10, documents showing that that's exactly what they're doing. And then they don't press any charges. Why did you do an investigation that validated what you found and then not press any charges? But Sean Reyes is the attorney general, and that's who they gave these to. And he's a strong supporter of OUR and a personal friend of of uh, Tim Ballard. So you got to it's it, it's got to raise some flags there. Was this investigation squashed by the AG to protect 
Tim Ballard and OUR because it sure sounds like they found exactly what they were looking for. So I don't understand why uh, why they had an investigation to find out exactly what they found and then they didn't press any charges. Exactly. And that isn't really covered by vice. They just simply say the investigation is closed and their articles are based on copious amounts of information um, that that came to light during the investigation. So we don't know. And I wonder, there may be some questions. Maybe, maybe it will be reopened. We have no idea. Um, let's go to our next slide. This is another pivotal statement I found in this article. The centrality of Roussan to OUR mission is clearly illustrated in these files. One is an investigator's description of a video apparently taken to go by the date of the file ahead of the disastrous mission to find Guardi. So they actually have this on video. Not only do they have witnesses, you know, who are part of these seances, they have video. Um, Ballard is speaking to, and this is Tim Ballard, is speaking to a group of men. He assures them that he speaks regularly with M. Russell Ballard. Now, this is another component that hopefully if you've been following the story that you're aware um, that M. Russell Ballard is also a key player in Operation Underground Railroad as far as support, recruiting donors, this kind of thing. Um, speaking regularly with M. Russell Ballard, a powerful and revered figure in the LDS church to whom he is not related about the whole process and all these miracles. And then he has been given a blessing by an apostle. So the keynote here, speaking regularly with M. Russell Ballard, a powerful and revered figure in the LDS church, the whole process and all these miracles, which I can only assume means the miracles of having Nephi direct, <laughs> direct the operation. And also that he's been giving a, bl a blessing by the apostle. So I think that's what everybody's trying to find out. Was Elder Ballard aware that the operation was being led by mystical means, that Nephi was talking uh, to the group and, and was Elder Ballard okay with that? You know, is he's giving an, a, bl a blessing to Tim Ballard after Tim Ballard says, I told him all about it. So how do you take that? I think that's a question. Is an apostle of the LDS church um, aware of seances, aware of Nephi, the ghost of Nephi, the spirit of no Nephi speaking, and yet still saying, sounds good to me. Let's get this done. I mean, that well, I think is one of the big questions. I, I you know, when whenever you turn use the term miracles uh boy that sure seems to be used very loosely uh i'm, I'm trying yeah. to figure out what was a miracle evidently there were right. plenty of miracles and i don't know what these miracles are uh you know in fact uh, in the in the article here in haiti they found nobody is that a miracle yeah. finding no. anybody to me it would be a miracle if she actually got to where <laughs> uh, this child it wasn't would be nothing but uh psychic abilities so uh, I, I'm not sure what the miracles are that they're talking about. They sure use that in a loose term. Uh, but he, we, we, this has been reported several times that Elder Ballard would give them blessings before they would go on these missions. So Elder Bla Ballard is giving a, a apostolic blessing uh, to go and, and do this work based on psychic information provided by Nephi. Now, whether Ballard whether Elder Ballard knew that or not, I, I don't right. know. But uh, as a prophet and oracle himself, you would think that he might be able to make that determination or know that something didn't seem quite right uh, while he's giving a priesthood blessing. If he's in fact getting uh, 
information from on high. So it seems almost like there's two people getting information from high on high and neither one of them is really getting any information. Uh, it seems oh dear you had to go there and make that comparison so yeah. so yeah and we did put out an episode on monday um, with more of these details about the relationship between you know alleged relationship between m russell ballard and tim ballard and that's very convoluted and everyone is trying to sort that out and there will be more articles um of course coming out about that and 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 that is sort of the crux of why there was a statement put out in one of the original or the original vice article where a church spokesman says nope you know not re no relation they've distanced themselves you know very little to do with, with each other so like i said there's so many twists and turns here um we need a psychic to figure it out right maybe i should get my crystal ball it's right over here on my desk it's really heavy otherwise i maybe i will pick it up later and look into it so all right uh let's continue on but it seems like here ballard is giving blessings his blessing for the mission and may or may not be aware of who really is directing the mission and that would be Nephi. <laughs> All right, you want to pick it up? I think it says, in response, is our next paragraph here. Um, in response, one of OUR's operators, whom Vice News is not naming because he could not be reached for comment, says, this is the time that we're supposed to be here, specifically this week. And the Lord doesn't just give one person that. That answer, it's usually through a few people. And the Lord told me to call Janet as soon as I got out of the temple. <laughs> to our next slide that's probably my favorite line from the whole article yeah and i put into ai what would it look like a psychic in a temple and i think it's kind of cut off there but they it actually did come up <laughs> with a temple and a you know a, a very psychic looking psychic sitting right next to the temple so the phrase there is the lord told me to call janet as soon as i got out of the temple so apparently the revelation that you get in the temple at least for this person where you are supposed to receive inspiration um, perhaps otherworldly inspiration. Um, once you receive this inspiration in the temple, the inspiration tells you, you need to go call a psychic. That's what you need to do. So, well, it, it sounds <laughs> like he's already, he's already uh, talking to a psychic uh, and getting this information. Then he goes to the temple and gets the information. Elder Ballard yep. is getting, uh, you know, blessings from on high. Everybody here yep. seems to be getting, uh, Get, getting uh, information and uh, and here's Janet getting paid five thousand dollars yeah. plus fifteen hundred dollars a reading and then you got to go verify it in the temple evidently. <laughs> I guess why, so. Why pay if you can just go to the temple and get it for free? I'm not sure why. Well, it, it never hurts to have too many otherworldly sources confirming what you you know need to know, especially when this is really important. And I know we fall into this trap here where we're you know sort of being incredulous or making light of this. But again, the underlying principle is, of course, these exploited children. And, and we definitely want, you know, any organization that's out there that's trying to do this work to be able to do it. In this case, of course, we're questioning the methodology. We're questioning that they can even effectively do anything um, for the purpose that is stated. And especially the fact that their donors and supporters probably have no idea that this is actually how the organization is run. So... Well, and, and I see this, uh, when you're taking this information and you're calling the boy's parents and telling him that, you yeah, know, them, I know. Now, I know. now not only are children being exploited, but the parents are being exploited yeah. uh, as well. You're, you're exploiting everybody at this point. I know. It almost just seems like to me, I think I used the word before, cosplay. Like when you hear about these missions and you hear about, 
some of the failed missions where, you know, it was, it was, I mean, millions of dollars, high net worth donors pumping money into this. And then it almost just seems in a way that it's cosplay. They just run out there irresponsibly from some of the things we've heard, you know, trying to do this. And in lots of situations, maybe even making it worse um, for some of the people. There was another article um, saying that their tactics could possibly actually be making it worse um, in this area. So, all right, let's go on to the next paragraph. Okay. Um, let's see. I've got to find out where I'm at. Two former OUR insiders. I know. Yeah, two former <laughs> OUR in insiders told investigators that Roussan and her psychic visions were a key part of OUR. They were Lopez, a former Navy SEAL who worked with the group on overseas missions and oversaw OUR operations in Haiti, and a former director of development whose name Vice News is withholding at her request. Um, so, so two different people said, yeah, these, these were the operational yeah. developments that we used. Lopez told investigators that Roussan identified specific locations in Haiti where the missing boy was said to be. The former development director added that Roussan was solely vouched for by Ballard, who in her telling intimated that M. Russell Ballard was aware that her visions guided OUR's work. So they're oh. making the actual claim that uh, that he knew about that. In her telling intimated, yeah. Okay, so so she and there's too many, there are just too many Ballards. Couldn't one of them have had a different name? Because <laughs> now I'm reading that statement. So she's saying that Tim Ballard completely vouched for her, solely vouched for her. Um and also oh, he's, he says he intimidated he, he intimated that M. Russell yeah, Ballard was aware that's of what I'm saying. Himself. He he yes, he, he intimated he led her to believe that he knew about yeah. it. Now, whether that was okay. true or not, uh, we don't know, but that's what again, yeah. that's right. So he's telling all of his uh close circle at the top, M. Russell Ballard knows what's happening, he knows about Janet and her visions, he knows Nephi is directing this, and he is completely on board. Yeah. Well, and I can see how that would affect people, especially since a lot of his high-level people are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and they're going to trust what a prophet says and what a prophet wants you to do, as has come out in other articles. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'll pick it up here. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints issued a statement to Vice News last week. This is that statement we're referring to, strongly rebuking Tim Ballard for using Elder Ballard's name, saying that Tim Ballard has betrayed their friendship through the unauthorized use of President Ballard's name for Tim Ballard's personal advantage and activity regarded as morally unacceptable. We're still trying to find out exactly what that refers to. There are all kinds of allegations of, you know, grooming and inappropriate um, activities with some of the, the women that went along on these missions. Um, the church did not specify what morally unacceptable behavior it was referring to. And again, that speaks to what I mentioned at the beginning. This is why Tim is putting out statements and videos and saying, oh, tell us what you mean. You know, the silence is not going to do it. I did nothing. I'm still a member in good standing. I stand by what I did. Um, I didn't do anything. And because we're not hearing more on the other side, everyone is very confused, especially his followers, very confused. And, and from what I'm reading, they're really starting to just say, okay, Tim, we believe you because the church has not come out and said anything otherwise. So we believe you. Yeah. Is is morally unacceptable the fact that he used Elder Ballard's name without his permission? Is that morally unacceptable? Or are they saying that it's morally unacceptable to uh, 
to believe in visions of people who are pretending that they receive visions. If that's the case, uh... <laughs> now that they would never say that. That opens up a whole other uh, Pandora's box. There, you, that opens a whole box. Yep. Yeah. Uh... And we're going to talk about this after the article. We're going to give you all some context because. Again, having a prophet come and talk to you, <laughs> having revelation, that is something that you might hear from the pulpit any Sunday. And then, of course, the very darker side, which I don't think has escaped any of us, we have Lori Vallow, Chad Daybell. They were also channeling former Book of Mormon prophets. Um, they were saying they were reincarnated versions of former Book of Mormon prophets. So, you know, where does that dark turn happen? Where is it acceptable to hear in testimony meeting? You know, I had a revelation. I feel this way or hear it in general conference. And then where does it go off the rails um, when you hear it from somebody else and it's being used for other purposes? I guess maybe that's when personal revelation comes in. You're going to have to decide what works for you. But again, it's all very convoluted, I think, which is why it's so interesting to talk about. Right. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yep. Uh, yep. And and if listening to uh, people who commune with God or claim to commune with God is morally unacceptable, then the entire church would be held at, uh, uh, as morally unacceptable. So certainly that can't That's be right. what he's talking about. No, that can't be the case. That means you shouldn't even turn into conference in a couple of weeks. That's right. <laughs> like I mean, yeah. And I think that's why maybe the church is being a little silent. They're probably trying to craft this statement. What what can they say next? You know, there's a lot of gray areas here where they could almost be pointing a finger at Tim, but the finger points right back at them, you know, and I, we're going to, we're going to go into some of that a little bit later here. So um, let's get through the article. The next part is where they're going to actually talk about this mission um, directed by a psychic. Atlanta, why don't you read that? Because it was in all articles described as a failed mission, a very frightening mission, a botched mission. Yeah, in February 2016, a car carrying Roussan Ballard and Guzno Marty circulated through the village as OUR continued its quest for Gardy. As they drove, Roussan began to cry, according to a summary of the audio written by an investigator. Your mom is loud. Your mom is clear, Roussan told Guzno Marty, implying that the woman's departed spirit was guiding her. Roussan sub subsequently claimed that she was hearing a reading from Guzno Marty's mother and sister both of whom are apparently deceased. A person close to Marty family told Vice News that Guesno does not wish to speak to the press at this time. So she's yes. literally there saying that she's seen Guesno's dead wife and daughter. And that I think it's his mother. I mother. think it's his okay. mother and sister. Yeah, so it'd be Gardy Marty's grandma. But she's definitely calling on family members. The attachment there, this father of a kidnapped child is sitting in the car. I mean, it must have been just, a supercharged experience but again to me that's um that's exploiting someone and their emotions and their desperation and uh, yeah and it should I, be I noted just... that this was all being filmed by a film crew yes. who yes. is part of this organization that he has tim has set up for profit so he's done it for profit in order to uh uh be able to put this out on and and, and sell it. And so here yeah. is a lot of drama and a lot of things happening that uh, would make you think, uh, you know, that uh, 
that that uh, he shouldn't be out there. Uh, no, the that's exactly right. And, and I know that, yeah, they were being followed around by a documentary crew. They put together a documentary. I think they were trying to sell it to Netflix or I can't remember exactly the details, but they definitely had this idea that this would this would make a good documentary. And and this would. I mean, this is a very dramatic scene. But then you have to think about the human element. You have to think about this father absolutely tortured that his son has been kidnapped for years now, years. And someone is manipulating him and telling him, I, your mother is talking. Your mother knows where your son is. I mean, it, it's just it's extraordinarily irresponsible. And I feel it's extremely cruel. And again, it says that the father does not want to speak to the press at this time. So if these details... Um, if he's aware of these de details now that have all been coming out, how how devastating, you know, like you said, that hope given, yeah. manipulated and then ripped from you. So that's just a really unfortunate. And, and it should be noted, situation. these aren't just claims. This is on the video. They have the yes. actual video of yeah. this of this interaction. Yeah. So. Yep, that's right. All right. Next paragraph. So, yeah, we can just picture how this is all going down, driving around channeling spirits you know the father desperate yeah it's it's actually kind of a horrific scene when the fbi and davis county investigators began their criminal investigation into our which was ultimately closed with no charges filed Roussan's role in the organization was one of the many issues they looked into at one point davis county utah attorney troy rawlings emailed other agencies participating in the investigation to say that as he understood it, investigators had collected 10,000 pages of Roussan's so-called readings. They indicated in more detail who exactly Roussan was reaching out to in the great beyond, a deceased Mormon prophet. Janet Roussan talks to dead Mormon leaders, Rawlings wrote, particularly a Mormon prophet from 600 BC named Nephi to get intel on where to find Gardy Marty in particular, but also with respect to a slew of other things. Donors, Rawlings added, are not made aware that Nephi, via Miss Roussan, is the key piece of OUR operational intelligence. Yeah, that's it. And I think that's our next slide right there. That's another key statement, again, that we can't uh, make enough. Donors are not made aware that Nephi, Nephi himself, is the key piece of OUR operational intelligence. And the, so the scary part of that is if they were made aware of it, they'd probably make bigger donations. No, I was just going to say that, actually. Yes. And I think a certain kind of person would. I do think that. Oh, look, the sun's coming up on you, Landon, right yeah. there. <laughs> Not much you can do about that. Huh? <laughs> that's right. There you go. Oh, that's funny. I like that. That kind of had a, a shining glow. Shiny I felt glow like maybe almost me. a psychic kind of a scenario <laughs> was starting to happen. Maybe you were going to make some pronouncements. So, yeah. And again, I it's not clear to me, is it to you, if this was why they were being investigated or just one of the reasons, um, you know, this uh, kind of fraud at the top that donors are not aware where this, you know, information is coming from. But I guess they can't speak to whether or not they would make a bigger donation. They would cut their donations altogether. I don't know. It kind of reminds me of the tithing thing. Right. If if uh, Mormons are aware that there's already this massive uh, Instant Peak Fund, would they continue paying tithing? No, I don't know. You can't really speak to what they would do. What do you think? Uh, yeah, and again, this just, this just raises more questions than it answers. They they started the investigation. He says what the reason for the investigation was, that the donors weren't being made aware of this, and then they found right. all the documents and the video showing that they had, in fact, 
done exactly that. Right. And and then there's no charges pressed. And we learn uh, in, in this very story that A.G. Sean Reyes went on some of these missions. And that's got to be a pretty embarrassing situation for him to be in. Uh, I don't know. I would think an A.G. would need to recuse himself in an investigation of an organization with which he participated in. Uh, so I... This is the part of the story I don't understand yet. Maybe there's more coming out, but it certainly seems like there should be an investigation into this investigation. An investigation into the investigation. Yeah, because we kind of brought that up. Um, um, of course, this chain of events all started. Mitt Rom Romney said, I'm not running for the Senate seat. Everyone thought Sean Reyes would run. He said, I'm not running, but I want to support, you know, Tim Ballard. And then we all started thinking, yeah, but if you know this information, you know that Tim Ballard is operating under the direction of Nephi, you're okay with him running these operations that you've gone on with him. And you're okay with him, you know, representing Utah as a senator with this background that you are being, you know, you're, you're channeling Nephi and making a lot of decisions based on this. So yeah, that raises some questions too. And again, we're, we're just speculating. We don't know exactly, but that's kind of how it appears. Okay, there's one last short paragraph. I'll read that. It's unclear what became of Children Need Families. And that was the organization that Janet was then heading uh, within the other organization. Uh, Tim Ballard left OUR following an internal investigation. Um, at present, blog posts discussing it are still on the organization's website, but a separate website, which listed Rasan as its executive director, appears to have been taken down. So it looks like everybody's kind of disbanding. Tim is gone. Janet is gone. And as they said, Tim was Janet's sole, you know, kind of supporter. Like he absolutely had her back and told everybody, this is how we're going to run everything. Janet is credible. Janet is legit. So that's the end of the article. Yeah, there um, sure seems to be a lot of web pages being taken down over the last yeah, couple of days. Very quickly. Yes. <laughs> if I could tell everybody, screenshots, take them. If you're browsing through something and you're like, this is interesting, take the screenshot. Because as I found, you can go back even a couple hours later and it's gone. So I've... Uh, I've saved several people's bacon in the post-Mormon uh, podcasting world by taking some screenshots and sharing them. So I wanted to look a little bit more just very briefly into the context of this, because, of course, the LDS Church is all over this. Uh, most of the high-level donors are LDS. Um, Tim himself on his video just last night said, I am active LDS. You know, the church has come out. they condemning statements. So this is all very much wrapped up into the church. And what does the LDS church think about a medium, seances, um, talking to a dead prophet? And it, I thought there would be way more information on it. I think a lot of it is sort of anecdotal. For example, uh, my husband and I were DJing a dance, a steak dance several years ago here in Utah, and we played a very popular song that's been popular for decades, Thriller, right? Michael Jackson, right? Um, very quickly after we started the song, the kids were dancing like crazy. It's a song that's played all the time. Um, somebody from the stake, Young Men, Young Women, practically jumped over the DJ table and said, turn that off. That is the occult. That is magic. Turn it off and made us shut the song down. So there's an individual that thinks that the church's point of view is not having any of this, right? So I went to the handbook, um, the church handbook, and 
And actually, uh, the church handbook has very little to say on the matter, which I was surprised. In fact, all that comes close is the following definition and the warning. Do you want to read that, uh, Landon? This is from the church handbook. Yeah, the occult focuses on darkness and leads to deception. It destroys faith in Christ. The occult includes Satan worship. It also includes mystical activities that are not in harmony with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Such activities include, but are not limited to, fortune-telling, curses, and healing, practices that are limitations of the priesthood power of God. Church members should not engage in any form of Satan worship or participate in any way with the occult. They should not focus on such darkness in conversations or in church meetings. And so there I have a picture. I ask AI to create a picture of some wizards in a circle, right? Giving a blessing. And then I found another picture, very similar right there, <laughs> of a, a baby blessing. So you draw your own conclusions. But it definitely listed fortune telling as something that they considered an occult activity. Um, of course, then they talk about the darker sides of it. I'm not sure if fortune telling would be considered as dark as they're saying. But, you know, and this has come up recently as more and more, especially LDS women, get involved in um, essential oils, energy healing, um, blessings, things like that. There have been questions about that. And there have been statements that come out that kind of allude to we should not be involved in that. But I think there's a lot of pushback. And that's not the same as channeling a dead prophet, but it's all a little bit in that realm. Don't you think that the church is sort of sliding, at least anecdotally, through the membership into that realm with healings and oils and blessings and things like that? Or have they always been in that realm and, and nobody's really made the connection? That's another question. Well, I'm, I'm reading that last uh, bolded part there where it says, and healing practices that are limitations of the priesthood power of God. So in other words... Uh, if someone comes and gives you a priesthood blessing, that's not an occult. That blessing is, right. is from God. But if you do anything, if you get a blessing from somebody else or some other way, now you're limiting the priesthood of God, and therefore that's an occult. So it's okay when we do it. It's not okay when anybody else does it. Uh, yeah. Both ways, uh, I, I just don't see that. And the occult includes Satan worship, there's a lot of magical uh, thinking out there that occurs without Satan being involved. Exactly. All. A lot of magic yeah. uh, worldviews. Yeah, I thought that was a little naive to say that, that it's always about Satan, because as we'll find out in our next couple slides, it's not. And, and think about patriarchal blessings. If that isn't somebody channeling something, some kind of power to give somebody a reading about your future it's exactly it like the I, same thing <laughs> i was gonna say it's exactly the same only different only right different. that's what it is exactly the same only different so yeah but one is very acceptable and one of course is into the fringes that's exactly right so i think maybe that's why you know tim explaining this to his donors who were in the room when these these readings were happening with janet maybe there's a familiarity you know we've been in rooms where there are blessings We've been to the temple where someone will say, I sense someone is here. You know, I sense a relative who's passed on is here. We hear this a lot in the it, church. This is this is part of how we operate. We read stories from the past. This happened all the time. Um, in my own family, they were heavily into genealogy. And my mom was very sensitive to things like this or said that she was and um, would often tell me great, great grandma or so-and-so appeared to me. She told me where I could find this genealogical information. I grew up with that. It was just absolutely normal. 
And it was not until I had my own children, kids of the 21st century, and I would take them to visit grandma and she would start talking about her genealogy ghosts. And my kids would look at me kind of like, mom, mom, you know, and then I kind of saw it through more secular eyes, you know, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. This is not, this is scary to kids. And I would have to cut my mom off. Okay, mom, that's enough. We're going to go, we're going to go watch Pokemon now. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think we hear stories like this. And so we're, we're, it doesn't sound unfamiliar. I think that's what I'm trying to say. So, all right, let's go to our next slide because this will talk a little bit more about that. Okay, so I found an Ensign article, Enzyme, Ensign. I'm going to say it always because always in the comments, people correct me. I'm going to say Leahona. I'm going to be on board with that. It's much easier to pronounce. <laughs> anyway, this is uh, called What the Scriptures Say About Astrology, Divination, Spirit Mediums, Magic, Wizardry, and Necromancy. Because this is mentioned a lot in the Bible. Uh, Landon and I did an episode where we talked about D. Michael Quinn's uh, early Mormonism and the magic worldview, where they go into the the hand-in-glove relationship between magic and early Christianity. Um, But in this article, it says, uh, probably too small, even for you to read, Landon. I have it printed out here. So. Uh, the scriptures show that the enchantments and spells of the wizard, the medium, and the necromancer are characteristic of false religions and superstitions of the world. And those that practice such are actually in competition with the true prophets and apostles. So here we see same practices, like you said, one good, one bad competition. All who are acquainted with the spirit and faith of Jesus Christ will want nothing to do with any form of divination and spiritual wizard- wizardry. Um, I'll tell that to Harry Potter fans. No, but, but that's actually a real thing. And I've said this before, growing up in Utah County with my kids, if I'd have a Harry Potter birthday because we loved it, some kids were not allowed to attend, which is so ironic, given the origins of the early church. Anyway, we'll get into that. Um, although we are not inundated with floods of individuals practicing or encouraging our practices of the occult arts, their practice does ebb and flow in popularity over time. Um, it may seem silly or harmless to have a psychic, or a tarot card reading, but it should be avoided. Joseph Smith warned, lying spirits are going forth in this earth. There will be great manifestations of spirits, both false and true. That is true. Sometimes Joseph Smith said he had a hard time telling whether it was God or the devil talking to him, right? Go find this buried treasure. I guess that was Satan. Didn't work out so well. And it did seem to ebb and flow depending on whether it worked out or not, which, you know, that's a whole nother podcast. It's interesting <laughs> that they didn't quote Joseph Smith on any of his, uh, you know, statements in regard to treasure digging and the treasure yep. spirits and yep. the uh, nope. other things he was involved yep. with. <laughs> Not going to go there. Not going to go there at all. He said there are lying spirits abroad and we've got to watch out. Okay. Uh, but how do we determine which is which? Okay. So here's the question. Here's which is which? Answer. Like we just said. So so I guess they're gonna we're going to get the article and the answer. Enzyme Ensign Leahona. Uh, the Book of Mormon provides some encouragement that we can know the false from the true and the insights into how. For behold, my brethren, it is given unto you to judge that ye may know good from evil. And the way to judge is as plain that ye may know with a perfect knowledge as the daylight is from the dark of night. Uh, so it's up to you. You can make that determination on how you feel. Uh, but whatsoever thing persuadeth men to do evil and believe not in Christ, and deny him, and serve not God, then ye shall know with a perfect knowledge that that is of the devil. But after this manner doth the devil work, for he persuadeth no man to do good, no, not when, neither do his angels, 
neither do they who subject themselves unto him. Moroni 7, 15, 17. Okay, so if, if however you're getting your spiritual information is telling you to do evil, then it's of the devil. But does that imply that if you're getting spiritual information um, through a source like a psychic or a medium that tells you to do good, which I can't imagine anything more good than trying to rescue an exploited and trafficked child um, or give a family peace because you've been able to find and help that child. Um, this seems to imply to me that then ben, ben it is of God. So that that's it's very difficult. Let me and, read the and very it's not last. making them not believe in Jesus either. These people fully believe in oh. Jesus and they're going to fully. the temple to get confirmations of it. So clearly what they're doing is not in the occult and this is perfectly normal behavior. Yep. I am not seeing any conflict now that I've been reading this scripture. This so is the priesthood final... power this woman's this exercising evidently because it's oh. not occult power. So yeah, and that's why it's so convoluted. It is extraordinarily, it's a very, very fine line. So final paragraph, bottom line, says the article, seek truth and understanding from the Holy Ghost. Study the scriptures and the words of the prophets. Receive and study your patriarchal blessing. Now that's <laughs> funny because we just made that comparison that that literally is like going to a medium or a tarot card reader. But in this case, it's of God, you know, so it's okay. In short, rely on the Lord, not claimed mystical gifts from others so it's all about who claims to have what power and from where and who you yourself attribute that authority to claimed mystical gifts from others if it's something we need to know the lord will tell us if we seek him and strive to hear him well i'm kind of more confused than ever by that article to me that raises more questions than answers and actually does open the door to the idea that that if a mystical power tells you to do good then maybe it's okay. This, this, by the definition in Moroni, this very definition, everything here uh, that uh, they were doing meets the requirements of being from God. So uh, they yeah. left out one thing that they should have included as to whether you could tell whether it's from God or whether it's uh, made up. And that is, if it's a woman that's telling you that, it's clearly oh. not from God. Okay. Thank so you, that's Landon. the you difference because there. she yeah. could not have the priesthood. So yes, when Elder Ballard makes right. these claims, it's okay because he's a man. But when she makes right. the claim, it's not okay because she's a woman. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, you're not far off on that. I'm not kidding. That may be part of it. You know, a prejudice against, you know, any uh, any forward-seeing woman. That could be it. Okay, let's go to the next slide. I know we need to wrap up here pretty quickly. Um, we just wanted to mention, of course, um, that the origins of our church. Um are rooted in mysticism and magic. And as I said, Landon and I, we did a big old presentation. Um, we put it out, I think, two weeks ago on early Mormonism, early Mormonism and the magic worldview, D. Michael Quinn. Please dive into that. That is a rabbit hole. But the burned over district, which you can see here in the New York era, those are all the counties. There's so many different religions that were spawned in that area at the same time. You've got Seventh-day Adventists. You've got Mormonism, of course. That's Nice picture of Joseph Smith right there. And you also have the spiritualist movement with the Fox sisters. Um, our slide says the Fox sisters, Margaret, Kate, and Leah, um, Margareta, Kate, and Leah of Hy 
the Hydesville, New York, conducted the first table wrapping seances in the area around in 1848, leading to the American movement of spiritualism centered in the retreat at Lilydale and in the Plymouth Spiritualist Church in Rochester, New York, which taught communion with the dead. So this is nothing new. The origins of the church are completely in line with spiritualism and communicating with the dead. What do you think, Landon? Uh, it seems like it, it's it's in line. It's uh, <laughs> what 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 you, you use the term spiritualism, then it's a cult, then it's priesthood, and it yeah, seems to be exactly. one definition of all the same thing. So of all the same thing. And again, we encourage everybody to look into the magical origins of the early church. You will have your mind blown. And like I said, we had our own episode on that, but there are many episodes. It's an absolutely fascinating rabbit hole. Let's go to our next slide. Um, so that's the area. Uh, the, oh, sorry. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're talking about the area and just an overwhelming spiritualistic view. And we also have those magical Smiths in the Smith family. The Smiths themselves practiced so many forms of magic from seer stones to magic daggers to parchments and spells worn around their necks. And again, you can see this uh, spiritualism and magic practiced by the Smiths morphing eventually into religion religious practices as just the general tone of the united states changed right isn't that kind of how you look at it landon i kind of see so it's moroni day today the happy moroni day everybody as we're talking you know the story we got growing up is that it was an angel that visited it was the equinox it was a treasure guardian you know but that story doesn't fly after a point and i see the smiths and joseph sort of morphing what used to be acceptable magical practices. Hey, everybody, I was visited by a treasure guardian. And everyone goes, yay. Suddenly, mysticism, magic out of favor, religion in. Joseph says, oh, did I say treasure guardian? I meant angel. Yay. You know, so you just have to kind of morph it to fit the tone of the time. Any thoughts on that, Landon? Yeah, just the magical worldview was very common in that time period, and it, it just shows that uh, people generally are magical thinkers. Even today, with all the science, we still see people falling for this type of uh, yeah. of ruse uh, and, and wanting that magical worldview. Everyone wants superpowers. Uh, everyone yeah. wants something more than what is, is in reality, yeah. and I think that's just something we as humans desire. Uh, but that doesn't make it true or actual uh, right. because of it. No, I think that's true. And you, Landon, are looking more and more magical as the sun comes up in your the window. Sun keeps You're yes. glowing. It's you a cloudy day look, and it keeps changing. Yeah. I can't I can't get the light. To you <laughs> look like Moroni right there. Literally, you, on Moroni day, it looks like you're kind of appearing in a manifestation here. All right, right, let's move to our next slide. I'm in and out of the light, here. just like you're Tim Ballard. <laughs> All right, let's move through these. I think we're almost finished here. Um, there was a mystical uh, group that kind of started up once uh, the saints all got to Utah, the Godbeites. And they were sort of a little faction. It's another thing to look into. Um, they were not happy with the way commerce was going and the way it was being controlled by Brigham Young. But So they kind of broke off. But they definitely um, had mysticism, um, spiritualism, communicating with the dead all the you know the saints were communicating with the dead they were going to the temple to do or the endowment house to do work for the dead um so it wasn't that far off to see that there would be a little splinter group 
the Godviites that um, embrace spiritualism and mysticism a little bit more. Any thoughts on the Godviites? No, no, nothing to add on that. But. Yeah, yeah, just just look into it. We're just very briefly touching on all of this to let you know that there are magical, mystical origins, of course, to our very own church right here. So, and like I said, many, many wonderful podcasts on all these topics out there. So um, I wanted to find out very quickly as we're ending here, what, what are people thinking about this? As these stories are coming out, what are they thinking about using a medium, using a psychic? Do Mormons do this? So I went on a whole bunch of faithful sites. I looked at a bunch of comments and they kind of ran the gamut. I found a lot of comments that said, yes, I have gone to a psychic before. I have asked about my family members that have passed on. And these are faithful Mormons um, that I'm getting this information from. And they find peace. So you can look your relatives up on Family Search. I have that on the slide. Or... You can participate in the seance. There's a picture of a, you know, old school, like I said, table wrapping seance there. So people definitely, although they have the church and they have the gospel, again, this is information from faithful sites. They still feel that they need a little more and, and people are going to psychics. They're, they're wanting answers. They're wanting communication. Make, isn't it interesting to see that comparison? If you sit around and have a seance to talk to someone who's passed on to the other side and, and you feel to get a connection to them. Uh, that's evil and occultish. But if you go to the temple and do the work for someone and say, I felt their presence there, they were yeah. there with us. That's a wonderful, magical experience. Yeah. If you're at a seance and you feel their presence, it's occultish and, and wicked. That's what I'm saying. It's very convoluted. And I have um, had family members that have attended temple sessions. As we all know my story, I didn't go very often because it was too PTSD for me. But, but they've been sessions where the officiator will stop during a ceiling or something and say, have you had someone that recently passed on? I feel a presence here. It's a man and they'll go, grandpa. You know, I mean, they do this. They they encourage you to sense and feel the spirits of people that have passed on. Again, no difference, but very different. Exactly the same, only different. So I know that's why this, this way this opens up this whole topic for, for speculation and conversation. And it's really interesting. All right. I think we have one or two more slides very quickly. Um, I also found some people online that knew Janet herself. Uh, one person said Janet is a very well-meaning person. Again, Janet is a psychic who was guiding the operations for um, Tim Ballard's organization. Uh, Janet is a very well-meaning person. She has been helping people communicate with their dead ancestors, one of her spiritual gifts. So here you see the two worlds coming together. She's an active LDS person. She's been told she has spiritual gifts. A lot of us are told that in our patriarchal blessings. You have spiritual gifts. One of her spiritual gifts in her mind is communication with dead spirits, dead prophets. So it's completely hand in hand. Um, sad to see her caught up in the OUR stuff. She and her family were very nice, but definitely had some pretty out there beliefs. So that was one comment from somebody who actually knew Janet. But again, we're often blessed with spiritual gifts. This is hers. Is she wrong? Is there something wrong with this? I don't know. Um, somebody else said, I have a family member that does this. Originally, it was within the LDS framework, kind of like we talked about, but then they abandoned that. So it sounds like, you know, LDS philosophy is kind of a gateway, and then you can take it farther to the extreme. Um, another person says, my aunt and cousin go to a psychic in Davis County. I really wonder if it's the same one that Tim uses. I would think they would pay for a good one. So this person knows that their family members regularly go and would be willing to pay quite a bit of money. Again, Landon, we may be in the wrong business. I'm not kidding. With you glowing like that and me and my crystal, I'm going to pick up my crystal ball just so I can show everybody. 
that I do actually have it. It's on a stand, but here it is. With you glowing and me and my crystal ball, I'm thinking maybe we can start a side business for Mormonish. I don't know. What do you think? I I think at fifteen hundred dollars a reading, it pays more than a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Let us know if you would like us to do a reading for you, please. So. <laughs> I, right. I've oh, got to ask on this last one when they say I think they would pay for a good one. What, what yeah. what's a what's the definition of a good psychic? You know they. Somebody they, that tells you what you want to hear. What you know. want to hear or something that comes true. Yeah. And and, and is, uh you know, is uh, Russell, uh, M. Russell Ballard a good one? A good psychic? Is yeah. he making correct predictions or? Well, not? and that's true. No, that's a good point. People do go to their leaders. They go to their bishop. What do you think I should do? You know, and they're assuming that their bishop is not acting just as a man. Their bishop is acting with a mantle, with some kind of special discernment, you know. Yep. And, and uh, for example, a missionary, his mission president has, I've been told this by my children that have served mission, has special discernment for you, the missionary. You can trust what they say. You can listen to them. They can talk to you about your future and what they feel God wants you to do. So you're absolutely right. It's, it's the very same. <laughs> All right, let's go to our next one. Okay, here's somebody that says story time. I grew up in the same ward as Janet Rusan in Provo at the edge of BYU. Uh, she gave me some slightly witchy vibes, um, like many of the women in the ward. Now, that's interesting. It means maybe they were into a lot of the essential oils, crystals, that kind of stuff. Uh, she was very into gardening, um, kind of withdrawn, um, and seemed to control her husband, like many within the ward. Okay, so it's, that sounds like a coven. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, so this person knew you know, that, that she has always had this more otherworldly uh, pursuits that she was interested in. Um, here's somebody that says, my aunt is a Mormon psychic. Um, she claims to be able to allow people to communicate with their ancestors and operates a side business hawking her self-help program. I'm sure there are hundreds of similar programs in the Mormon community. And I'm sure true, that's true too. I think we're just at the tip of the iceberg in this. I think this is a subculture in Mormonism that you and I perhaps are not really aware of. And a lot of people aren't. And may come out a little more because of all this information. I think we're on to our very last second. Okay, this is funny. This is actually from our friend, Gene Judson. Everybody knows him. And I thought this too, and this is kind of a funny note. Um, why would a psychic channel Nephi instead of Moroni to assist in a paramilitary operation? <laughs> and that's true. Maybe, maybe it's because of the way it went for Moroni. Maybe, you know, not so great. Maybe that's why he thought Nevi might have Well, better. you know, he kind of has established himself more as a treasure angel at this point than an yes. actual paramilitary okay. angel. So Dial it back. <laughs> That's right. All right. I think that brings us to the very end. Do you feel that we've covered it, Landon? I think so. Yeah. I think so, too. It's a very interesting topic. And again, I will predict. Wait. Hold on. I will. This is really heavy. Seriously, you do not know. This is like a real crystal ball and it's on a stand. I will predict looking in here that we have not seen the end of this and that more and more people will be digging into and trying to find out more about this sort of psychic undercurrent that exists in the Mormon church and also dig more into how does it relate to Mormonism and the psychic outer current that is there, right? It's one and the same. It really is. So uh, please comment. Let us know your experiences with mediums or psychics or what you think or what you think the, the comparison is between your patriarchal blessing and going to have, you know, your palms read. I think there's a lot there. And I think we're going to see a lot more coming out about it. And these are good questions. You know, it kind of helps you 
understand what you believe and what you think and, and what you used to believe and, and where it all fits. So anyway, uh, thank you, Landon. And thank you to any spirits that joined us today on the podcast. There might've been some, Landon was glowing. Um, please like and subscribe to Mormonish. And if you'd like to be made aware of new episodes coming out, you can hit that donation um, button, the bell, and you'll be made aware. Um, also, if you'd like to financially support uh, the infrastructure of Mormonish podcast, um, there are links in the show notes on um, how to donate through Venmo and also through PayPal. We just absolutely love our viewers and our listeners and the support that they all give us. And I'm sure that you'll see us again because I guarantee Guarantee as soon as we put this podcast out within half an hour, there's going to be something new, and this podcast will be obsolete. That's how it's uh, happening in this real time situation with Tim Ballard and M. Russell Ballard. So, thanks again, everybody from Mormonish. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Mormonish. We really appreciate our listeners and would love to hear from you if you have a story you'd like to share. You can email us at mormonishpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, mormonishpodcast.org. And don't forget to look for us on YouTube and like and subscribe. Keep joyful, everybody.